Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. It's time to roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty with Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning, you're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR 855 on the AM band, also streaming live at 3cr.org.au. This show is sponsored by Friends of the Earth, and we're broadcasting from NAM in the Kulin Nations, also known as Melbourne, Victoria, where sovereignty has never been ceded. I'm your host, Emma Watson, and in this show we're continuing along the theme of forest conservation and threatened species protection, which we've been tracking over the past couple of weeks with the work of the Friends of the Earth Forest Collective. And last week we spoke to members of the Forest Collective about the recent threatened species parliament action and the Forest Collective campaign launch and letterboxing actions happening in the electorate of Brunswick. And Brunswick, if you didn't know already, is a seat that's being hotly contested between the Labor and Labor Party and the Greens. And as we draw closer to the state election in November, the Forest Collective will be ramping up its campaign focus in this electorate. Okay, so um, we're going to be talking about a couple of major legal challenges currently preventing logging in 68 coops across Victoria. And hopefully we'll explore how these challenges connect to the upcoming election. And to help us negotiate those issues, in the studio with me today is Ed Hill from the Faux Forest Collective. Good morning, Ed. Morning. So, Ed, I admire your work. You're a bit of a media maverick when it comes to highlighting Victorian forest issues to the wider public. And there was some really good investigative journalism in The Age recently which broke a story that prompted the State Minister for the Environment, Lily D'Ambrosia's department, to prosecute Vic Forests for rainforest logging in prohibited areas. Can you tell us a bit more about that as far as the background goes and what the allegations were? Sure. Um, So there's been a long history of uh, logging breaches in Victoria that have gone unenforced, so illegal logging of protected rainforest areas or threatened species habitat, And there's been a real lack of um, will from the Department of Environment in their role as the regulator uh, of the logging industry and in their approach to enforcing those rules. Um, So the the age investigative uh, story revealed the department's systemic failure to prosecute for particularly for rainforest logging breaches where protected areas of rainforest had been illegally impacted on by Vic Forest logging operations. Mm. And it examined four cases um, of rainforest logging breaches that the department had failed to take action for. And in light of the investigation uh, and the the pressure that the media story applied on government, the minister um, uh, directed the department to prosecute for, for one of those breaches. For three of the breaches, they actually couldn't prosecute because they'd sat on the investigations for so long that the statute of limitation period had expired, mm. uh, which means that you know they can only lay the charges within a two-year time period um, from when the actual um, breach occurred. Um, so they'd sat on the, the breaches for that long that they deliberately allowed that limitation period to expire. Um, but they did actually turn around and prosecute for one of them, 
um, which was some shocking logging in a rainforest site of significance near Cannes River. These are all areas out in far east Gippsland that Goongaroo Environment Centre um, had reported. And uh, just recently, the Vic Forest were before the courts um, for these charges, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, um, and the charges were actually thrown out um, mm. of court. Uh, and they were thrown out because the department had uh, basically bungled their paperwork, which is not really surprising considering how hopeless um, the department sort of have been over the years and continue to be in their approach to regulating Vic Forests. Um, basically what happened was they failed to specify in adequate detail the precise nature of the charges on the charge sheet Mm. Um, and Vic Forest were able to get off on a technicality, which is absolutely outrageous Um, and it really just highlights just how incompetent the department are. Yeah, and Minister D'Ambrosio, she actually came out, though, with a very strong statement in the article, in the Age article, saying that the government's record in forest protection was second to none and that all allegations of non-compliance are investigated thoroughly and those found guilty will be held to account. So yeah, what's well, I guess response the response tune- been to, the- um, to this complete stuff-up? Um, well, that was back then in when the, the tune of the ministers sort of changed slightly. And now in light of the stuff-up uh, with regard to this recent prosecution... Uh, the minister was was pretty angry, as you can imagine, mm-hmm. um, and she uh, she told you know she she's demanded a full explanation, um, and we're hoping that this is actually going to trigger her to um, really sort of get down into what is making the department tick and make some really big changes into their approach to regulation. It's been a very there's a there's a really long and entrenched prologging culture within the department, mm-hmm. um, which is completely out of step with their responsibility um, to protect the environment and enforce uh, the environmental laws that big forests are supposed to comply with. Um, so, um, yeah, the minister's um, pretty angry with the mm. department over this particular yes. um, breach, but, you know, this, we'll wait and see to see what happens. Um, there's yet to yeah. be... Um, there's a lot more that they could be doing in the regulatory space that they're currently not doing, and hopefully this spurs uh, the minister into action. Yeah, I mean, her department's looking quite incompetent at the moment. Um, but in the lead-up to the Vic election, the state election, it's only a couple of months away now, um, what what would the Faux Forest Collective um, want the minister or the party that wins office um what would they want them? What are you calling for to sort of make good and um, really advance serious forest protection? Well, ultimately, um, forest conservationists in Victoria are campaigning for protected area outcomes. Uh, the government needs to you know, legislate to actually formally protect our forests from logging. Um, and there are two main proposals that the campaign, uh, that campaign groups are pushing for. One is the creation of the Great Forest National Park in the mm-hmm. Central Highlands, um, which many listeners are probably familiar with. Um, this is a plan to, to join up existing protected areas in the Central Highlands uh, and protect the mountain ash forest ecosystem, which is currently listed as critically endangered ecosystem, um, according to the International Union for Conservation and Nature. Um, it's also where the Leadbeater's possum lives, it's Victoria's faunal emblem, which is, another, which is a critically endangered species. Um, and it's also the forest that provide Melbourne with its water. Um, mm. The other area of focus that... Um, 
is really the main um, uh, that we're seeking protection for, which is the main thing that we're you know wanting the government to do uh, in the lead up to the election is East Gippsland, and there's a proposal there called the Emerald Link, East Gippsland's Emerald Link. Mm-hmm. Um, East Gippsland is located out in the far eastern corner of Victoria. It's the um, it's the traditional country of the Bidwell, Gunakurnai and Monero nations. And um, the Emerald Link seeks to link up existing parks and reserves there to create a continuous network of protected forests from the Alps to the coast. It's a really special area. Um, it's the only place on mainland Australia where you've got continuous intact uh, forests that run from alpine environments to coastal environments, yeah. um, which is really, really special. It's the old growth stronghold for Victoria, the rainforest stronghold. Mm. Um, it's got more species diversity than any other region. So they're really the two main proposals. Um, obviously, we're putting a lot of pressure in the regulatory space, but the main game is um, forest protection and legislated, um, yeah, legislated protection and formal outcomes, which mean expanding parks and reserves. Yeah. Okay. And so what about regional forestry agreements? Isn't there one in Victoria that's due to expire this year? Uh, the... the it's just been last last earlier well earlier this year it it expired and it was given a temporary extension for two years. Um, so the regional forest agreements um, are agreements between the state and federal governments, um, which basically hand responsibility for uh, the management of forests or so-called management, which basically just means logging. Um, it hands responsibility of that from the Commonwealth or federal government to the state government, and in doing so. Um, it basically, the Commonwealth government basically washed their hands of all responsibility and these agreements provide an exemption to the state-based logging regimes from federal environment law. So ordinarily any action that impacts on a matter of national environmental significance like a threatened species or a threatened um, environment would have to be assessed under federal law. Mm -hmm. So mines, um, you know, Highways, any kind of development that um, that threatens uh, threatened species, a nationally a nationally listed threatened species, has to be assessed. But logging doesn't because of these agreements. So mm. logging gets a free ride, um, and so these agreements have obviously been really, really disastrous for for threatened species. Um, and the the Labor government here in Victoria just just extended them, agreed to extend them for two years, out until twenty twenty. Um, and uh, the federal government, on the other hand, wanted to just roll them over for another 20 years, so they're 20-year rolling agreements. Mm. Um, but the, the Labor government um, has committed to just extending them for another two years, so there's still some campaigning, campaign opportunities around the regional forest agreements to, um, uh, to allow them to expire, um, and there's now a process underway to um, basically rewrite them um, based on a whole bunch of new assessments that are going to have to happen. Right. Okay. And um, we'll talk a bit more about that in the second half of the show, I think, in relation to one of the legal cases that has has some implications to do with the RFAs. Um, So just before we go to a community service announcement, um, can you tell us what people can do um, in the lead-up to the Victorian election to keep the pressure on um, the major parties to... um, you know, to make good and, and get some really serious action on forest protection. Sure. Um, well, one of the best things to do, and it, it doesn't, it sounds pretty daggy, um, but one of the best things to do is actually write a personal letter to your local MP and tell them that um, 
that they've got to show leadership on this issue and that it's absolutely ridiculous that in 2018 we're still uh, logging native forests uh, mostly to produce paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find out a whole bunch of information um, on the Gecko website. It's gecko, G-E-C-O.org.au. There's a whole bunch of links to things that you can do there. Um, and you can also get involved in the Friends of the Earth Forest Collective and all the things that they're doing in the lead-up to the election. Currently, we're doing a lot of work in the state of Brunswick um, where we're doing a big letterbox drop. We've just reached about 30,000 houses in the last week, which is pretty amazing. We've got a, a huge team of awesome people um, who've been hitting the streets and spreading the word and putting pressure on the on all the candidates in that in that seat um, to, to bring this issue up. And you can get involved with that, uh, with the Friends of the Earth Forest Collective just by visiting the Friends of the Earth Melbourne website, um, which is Melbourne forward Foe. slash forests or something like that. Oh, we'll, we'll put the link up on the Dirt Radio website and, uh, for the podcast of this show so you can find all the information there. Um, and another thing you could get involved in is Walk This Way. So um, we'll be right back after a, con- a con- community service announcement. Friends of the Earth's Walk This Way is back. Join us on Saturday, October 13th on a sponsored walk of Melbourne's beautiful Bayside Tracks to launch our new waste and consumption campaign and take action on climate change. Together, we'll walk 15 kilometres and raise $20,000 for Friends of the Earth. We will be highlighting key issues around climate resilience, rising sea levels and plastic pollution in our oceans. Getting involved is simple. Sign up online at walkthisway.org.au Get sponsored, spread the word, and get walking. Join us as we journey through coastal communities who are most vulnerable to the impacts of climate change. We'll finish up with a community picnic in the Katani Gardens in St Kilda. Friends of the Earth is a proud supporter of CCR. Welcome back. You're with Dirt Radio this morning and I'm talking with Friends of the Earth lead forest campaigner Ed Hill. Ed, so let's turn to another important aspect of forest protection here in the state of Victoria. Uh, there's a couple of legal cases in train aiming to get some traction on forests and um, species protection. Um, can we start with the Central Highlands possum and glider case? Um, just briefly, what's that one about? Can you... Um, can you explain what the allegations sure. are? Yeah, so legal action's been a pretty major component of the campaign in Victoria, and that's really a result of what we were talking about before, which is the department's um, historic failure to actually enforce the environment laws um, that, that actually do exist. And um, as a result of that, the community have really sort of uh, borne the burden, I guess, of... Um, enforcing these laws and that's often Mm. resulted in big legal cases being run so there's a case at the moment being run by a community group called friends of the leadbeater's possum um and that case is uh challenging the legality of the regional forest agreements yep um and it's arguing that logging um can't take place in 34 different um forest areas or coops um a coop is just an area that Vic Forest sets aside to log. Um, they just draw a 
draw a polygon around a, an area of bush, and that's that's what's called a coop. And there's 34 areas that um, haven't been logged yet, but where uh, federally listed threatened species, such as the Leadbeater's possum and the greater glider live, uh, and they are challenging the exemption um, that's been granted to the state-based logging regime from the federal government, which provides um, an exemption um, to, well, allegedly provides an exemption to environment law um, that would ordinarily protect federally Mm. listed threatened species. Um, They were arguing that... um, the, R- the RFAs haven't been subject to um, appropriate reviews. They're supposed to have five yearly reviews where they're updated you know, based on um, circumstances that change. Obviously, the forests are changing all the time with bushfires or with species that are becoming or uh, declining more mm. and more. Um, a lot of those reviews haven't been done. So the argument that Leadbeater's possum were making in the courts um, is that because these reviews had not been done, um, the exemption to the federal law then doesn't apply. So Mm. then, therefore, um, those areas have to be assessed. And it's it's quite complicated, but... Mm. So there must be people out there doing surveying and collecting more up-to-date data to use as evidence in these court cases. And that's largely community groups, right? Yeah, that's right. So a lot of the evidence that's um, formed... um, you know, the ma- making the case for the Friends of Leadbeater's Possum has been gathered by community groups, some citizen science groups like Wildlife of the Central Highlands or WATCH, which are an um, amazing group. They're, they're an affiliate of Friends of the Earth Australia now. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, they do a lot of surveying, finding Leadbeater's Possums um, or greater gliders and other species that live in the forest and pressuring the government and putting in reports to the government and pressuring them to implement any required protection zones or when they don't do that, often their reports are used as evidence in the courts, Mm. um, such as the one that is before the federal court at the moment. Yeah, so while this court case has been going on, um, Vic Forest have agreed to suspend logging and um, they were – so it was until a hearing happened in December last year, right? Um, where is it up to now? Uh, yeah, they're still they're still um, they're still well over thirty coops. I think it's actually more than thirty four now. I think it's maybe thirty eight. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they're still uh, they still can't log in those coops. Yep. Uh, whilst the case um, proceeds, and um, yeah, it's got some very interesting legal ramifications. Um, well, which, nationally, right? Yeah, RFAs in other states, in New South Wales, and that's right, Tassie, and that's right. So, if 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 it succeeds um, in Victoria, it's it's probably going to have impacts on um, on other states where these regional forest agreements also exist, um, and that yeah, and, and they've also been having similar impacts on on threatened wildlife that's that's listed federally, um, mm-hmm. mostly because of this outrageous exemption that the logging industry has been granted mm. through them. Yeah, and so what can community members do to support this particular case? Um, you can go to just Google Friends of Leadbeater's Possum, mm-hmm. go to their website and donate. That is probably yeah. the best thing you can do. Or mm-hmm. if you've got resources to fundraise, um, you know, to, 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 to help them in any way, they really need a lot of money. The Vic Forests um, and the government who are fighting these cases have got 
a huge amount of resources, as you can mm. imagine, yeah. um, basically just a bottomless pit that they can throw at it. And their strategy is really one um, to grind down the poor, under-resourced community groups that are, that are running these cases. So they need all the help they can get, particularly the financial help. So there's yeah. a lot of information about this case on the Friends of Leadbeater's Possum website. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, check it out and um, uh, and donate. And even if it's just 20 bucks, it's really, really it helpful. It all adds up, totally. yeah. If, if many people donate at least 20, then we get a much bigger pool of funding, obviously. So, um, well, let's turn to the, the other case now, the East Gippsland Old Growth Forest case, um, which is in the Supreme Court of Victoria. Um, how did this one start? Yeah, so this case kicked off in uh, with a legal injunction in November, early November last year, um, when Vic Forest were, had moved into an area of old growth forest in uh, the Quark Forest in East Gippsland, and um, Gecko coordinated a blockade of mm-hmm. that forest for about a week um, and successfully prevented logging there whilst lawyers in the city secured a Supreme Court injunction to, to halt the logging there. Mm. And the legal argument that stopped the logging in that case um, were, is based on um, Vic Forest obligations under what's called a forest management plan for East Gippsland. And, and it's a document that has a whole bunch of rules that they have to follow. And one of them is that uh, they're required to set aside 60% of um, the extent of all old growth wet forest and all old growth damp forest. They're two different forest types. Mm-hmm. 60% of those two forest types that is considered old growth has to be set aside um, based on the extent that existed at the time that the forest management plan was written, which was in 1995. So, a group called the Fauna Flora Research Collective, who do a lot of great reporting and surveying, uh, ran an analysis and uh, determined that uh, those obligations were not being met, that less than 60% of those old-growth forest types um, were actually protected in the in the reserve system. So therefore, logging of this old-growth forest couldn't proceed um, because it may be required to be protected in order for the government to meet those obligations. Um and after the injunction was secured, um, 33 other areas of old growth forest across East Gippsland um, were included in mm-hmm. the case. And uh, Vic Forest has agreed not to log those areas until the case resolves. Um, and the case will be going to trial in the Supreme Court in December. And astonishingly, the Department of Environment, um, the Andrews Labor government, are fighting this case. And their argument is actually that uh, they don't have to protect old growth forests at all. And they're arguing that their obligations in the forest management plan are actually a drafting error, um, which is pretty pretty astonishing um, mm. that in this day and age, in 2018, when most Victorians would expect a logging of old growth forests to have ended decades ago, mm. and a supposedly progressive government is literally fighting tooth and nail for their right to continue to log old growth forests. And if, they, if the government lose the case, then mm. they'll have to protect some more old growth forests. Um, and if they win the case, that will pave the way for logging of those uh, amazing old growth forests in East Gippsland. Mm. These are forests that have never been touched. Um, they contain trees that are you know, 500 years old in, in some areas. Um, uh, they're incredibly valuable for, for wildlife, incredibly amazing stores of carbon and just really, really rare examples of yeah. what our forests look like hundreds of years ago. 
Yeah, and interestingly, there was a, a media article that came out the other day where um, big um, commercial giants like Bunnings and Officeworks uh, are coming out to say they won't purchase or stock any material, uh, any products that don't have the FSC certification, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that was and big, so big news. So certainly coming from the, the business sector. Yeah, that's right. And you can't get that um, that that level of certification that, that Bunnings and these businesses are now demanding um, if you are continuing to log old growth forests and threaten species habitat, which these legal cases, which is the reason why these legal cases are happening because mm. those practices are, are, continuing. Uh, are continuing. So, And Vic Forest yeah. have tried to apply for FSC forestry standard certification a few times now and failed, haven't they? Yeah, so they've, they've attempted to apply three times and each time um, the environment movement engages and provides a, um, a huge volume of evidence as to how their practices are, uh, are not uh, compliant to those standards that the, the certification sets. Um, you know, there are pretty clear rules within the standard that logging can't impact on threatened species, logging can't uh, occur in old growth forests or in rain or can't impact on rainforests. Uh, and Vic Forest's logging operations are uh, they're so shocking and 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 they, they they are so poorly planned that it's um it's really quite easy to demonstrate how below the standard mm. they are um and yeah there's really no chance that they'll be achieving that certificate anytime in the future yeah and um there's been a an a, an across party state parliamentary um, parliament, parliamentary inquiry recommended to help the government um, and Vic Forest to plan a transition to the state forestry um, t- to transition the forestry industry towards plantation timber. Do you have an update on that at all? Uh, well, that was the recommendations, um, yeah. and the writing's on the wall. Really, the mm. the end is nigh for native forest logging yeah. in Victoria. Um, the jobs continue to decline in it. The resource continues to decline. And the plantation sector continues to grow in both um, in both jobs and demand for the products that they're producing. Um, and the Andrews government recently have intimated that uh, they are con- actually considering um, commencing a transition out of native forests and into plantations. Um, the date that uh, that they're apparently considering is to phase out native logging by 2029. This is way too That's too far away. Way too far ahead. Yeah. Um, there's really not going to be much uh, in the way of loggable native forests left by 2029. Mm. Um, it's so urgent that we act now. Uh, but with the news that Bunnings and Officeworks have have drawn a line in the sand yesterday and said that they'll um, no longer stock native forest products on their shelves by 2020, that puts um, a lot of pressure on the government to really bring forward their transition plan um, and bring it into line with um, consumer and business expectations and actually make it happen a lot quicker. Um, so, yeah, we're hopeful that um, the government will show leadership and actually take take, take action um, to, to commence that transition. And uh, what's really important, though, is that uh, the high environmental value areas are, are set aside in the meantime. Um, so the species and the values that these court cases uh, seeking to protect um, can have uh, a reprieve from mm. unsustainable logging. Yeah. All right, great. Well, thanks very much, Ed, for coming coming on the show. Um, that's about all we have time for today. 
Uh, and um, we'll certainly put all the links to those court cases and um, how to get involved with the Faux Forest Collective up on the 3CR website. So you can go to 3cr.org.au and Dirt Radio will be back next Tuesday at 9.30. See you then.